1: Such a great way to praise the Lord! We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in
0: Living Sound.
2: This was a story of the first submarine, history's only live submarine, a submarine that carried only one passenger. Here is how it happened. A way back in ancient history, over 2,500 years ago, there was a big and wicked city by the name of Nineveh in the land of the Assyrians. The people were so bad that God decided he would destroy their city. And so he ordered Jonah to go to Nineveh to
3: warn them. Jonah thought it over. Go to Nineveh? Me? Oh, never. When the people there hate me. The city is so bad, it needs to be destroyed. Uh, you now, I've got to think of a way out of this. He did
2: think of a way.
3: Here we go. Oh, oh. on the, board, the Get train on the <laughs> Where do you wish to go, sir? I'm supposed to go to Nineveh, but uh, give me passage on any boat going west. Say, uh, to uh, Tarshish. That will be thirty dinars. Thank you. And uh, how soon does the ship sail? Uh, Sundown tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'll be safe from answering the call of the Lord.
2: And so, Jonah boarded the ship... and immediately went down below deck and sought a place to sleep. And so, the never-to-be-forgotten voyage started. Tis a heavy load we're carrying. Here's hoping we see fair weather. Aye, aye, my lad, true words. Tis true words you be speaking. And our friend Jonah... He's fast asleep in the hold of the ship. Forgotten it is that he has an errand for God, a city to warn, and a duty to perform. He's fast asleep. But God in heaven had not forgotten.
3: Ease up on the mainsail, sailor! Make fast cargo! Batten the hatches! Storm's order! Aye, aye, sir! Monstrous fish off stars! Jettison the stern cargo! Uh, move barrels to center deck! Aye, aye, sir. Oh, this is going to be a real one. This is
2: worse than the demon two years ago. Sure is. I hope we make it. The captain, sir, it's a
3: monstrous fish close off the starboard bow. Fish surfaced in a gale like this. Look.
2: still sound asleep in the lower hold of the ship.
3: Where is that man who books passage to Tarshish? Who is he? Maybe he is the cause of this. The gods are punishing us for some reason. Find that man. He's asleep in the
2: hold. The sailors went below, awoke Jonah, and brought him before the captain.
3: Who, who are you? I, I am Jonah, offered to the only true God, Jehovah. True God? Well, pray to him. Beg him. Or we all perish. But I am fleeing from him. He told me to go to Nineveh and warn them that their city is to be destroyed. And I have disobeyed. Uh, what can we do to ride out this storm? Throw. Throw. Yes. You yes, threw me over the side. Ship huh? that will save all of you. The sea will once more be calm. Throw you overboard, and the sea will become calm. Oh, you're mad. Jettison all cargo. Everything overboard we can spare. Hear me, Captain. Hear me. The God whom I serve, the true God, will save you. But you must throw me into the sea. Well, I, I hate to order this. I the passenger Uh, look he's swallowing him they're sinking they're gone the man is gone and as he said the storm subsides it is a miracle
2: the Lord, whom Jonah served, had prepared this special fish to swallow Jonah, and that's exactly what happened, and as the storm died down, the captain and the sailors knew that Jonah's God was the true God. Now the Bible says that the Lord talked to the fish, and the fish swam nearby the dry land and put Jonah out right on the shore. Again, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and warn the people of that great and wicked city. But there's a happy ending to this story. When Jonah told the people of Nineveh of God's mercy and love, they prayed and turned from their wicked ways, and the city was not destroyed.
1: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now, here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Children, children, come out. Ew. Yeah. the mad with you? I'm so sleepy. Well, you look like you're about to doze off right here in the library. What time did you go to bed last night? I don't know, but it was really dark outside. (sighs) Sam! What? What? This is serious. You're not getting enough sleep. I agree. So if you will excuse me. No, not here in the library. You need to get more sleep at home. I can't go home. I'm in school. You need to get more sleep at home at night. How? I'm not sleepy at night. Only during the day. At school. In the library. What did you eat for supper last night? I'm sleepy, not hungry. When you eat a big meal in the evening, your stomach has to work hard to digest all the food. And that can keep you awake. And what did you do right before you went to bed? I watched television. Aha! Shh. Sorry. Sam, when you watch those action shows you like so much, your mind gets all excited and your body gets all tense. That can keep you from going to sleep, too. So what should I do? Eat a smaller meal in the evening and don't watch television for at least an hour before going to bed. You might want to drink a nice cup of herbal tea, too. Herbal tea? Do I look like someone who drinks herbal tea? All right, all right. A nice cup of warm water and honey, then. Something to calm you down. Okay, light meal. No action shows. Water and... Sam? Sam, you're embarrassing me!
2: God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During creation week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Jesus was a little boy, he had to grow and learn just like you. He probably knew what it was like to have a skin knee, or the hiccups. The Bible says as he grew older, he also grew taller and wiser. People thought that he was a good boy, and so did God, his Father. Luke 2
1: verse 52, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, God and man And
0: Jesus grew And Jesus grew in wisdom In wisdom And Jesus grew And Jesus grew in stature In stature And Jesus grew And Jesus grew in favor In favor With God With God And man And man And Jesus grew And Jesus grew in wisdom In wisdom And Jesus grew And Jesus grew in stature
4: This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 3, Stories Around the Campfire. The sun was almost down to the treetops when Jake and Jeff pulled the raft up to a wide sand and pebble beach. Here's where we camp tonight, Jake announced. Everybody help unload and set up camp. Then you can look around a bit. "'Just don't leave the clearing without telling me first. "'If any one of you is going to get eaten by bears, "'I want some warning first. "'Sammy shuddered. "'But bears? "'Are bears really around here?' Dee he asked. "'Yeah. Are there bears?' Chris joined in the questioning. "'Have you really seen one?' "'Well, tell you what,' Jake replied. "'Around the campfire tonight, "'I'll tell you about the time I came face-to-face with Bonzo.' "'Is Bonzo a bear?' Sammy asked. "'How did you know his name?' Diddy asked.' Jake only smiled, stroked his beard, and then handed the kids another load from the raft. Later, while Jeff was showing the shoebox kids how to pitch their pup tents, Jake came over to check the progress. "'Do you know why they're called pup tents?' he asked. Willie was sitting on the ground, pounding in a stake. "'Why?' he asked. "'Because they aren't big enough for a dog,' Jake said, chuckling at his own joke. "'They really are small,' Chris said. "'Jeff says we sleep two to a tent.' and they're barely two sleeping bags wide, and I'm taller than the tents are. Well, they aren't made to live in, Jake replied, but they're as big as they need to be. Dee, Dee called to Jake. Is it okay if Maria, Jenny, and I all sleep in one tent if we can fit? Yep, if you don't snore too loud. Sammy had been standing still for a while facing the woods. Now he turned to Jake and said, Mr. Jake... Something's been watching us. I'm sure I saw something big moving through the bushes back there under the trees. Maybe it's a deer or a bear, Chris volunteered. Is it there now, Jake asked, squinting his eyes to look into the dark woods. I don't see anything. No, but I know something was there, Sammy said. Half an hour later, Jeff hollered that supper was ready, so everyone trooped over to a makeshift table Jake had set up on the beach. For a while, they forgot about what Sammy had seen. After supper, the shoebox kids searched the area for pieces of wood to build up the fire. Later, when they were all seated around a roaring fire, Willie started singing, I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. The others joined in, and for a while they sang many songs about Jesus and heaven. How about everyone saying a favorite Bible verse, Maria suggested? Mine is John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, you will do the things I command. "'What if I forgot where mine's found?' Jenny asked. "'Just say the verse, and maybe we can help you with the text,' Mrs. Shue suggested. "'Can I be next?' Willie asked eagerly. "'The Lord saves those who fear him. His angel camps around them.' The kids chuckled and then grew quiet. Maria guessed they were all remembering the time Willie and his grandfather needed help when they were stuck in the bottom of a deep canyon. As the others took turns sharing their favorite verses, Dee Dee sat thinking— When it was her turn, she said, "'Mine's found in Mark 11 something. "'I can't remember what verse, but it's an important text.' Then she looked straight at Maria, who was sitting beside her. "'When you are praying, and you remember that you are angry "'with another person about something, then forgive him. "'If you do this, then your Father in heaven "'will also forgive your sins.' Maria opened her mouth to speak, then clamped it shut. "'A lump rose in her throat, and she felt hot.' Finally, she gulped and whispered to Didi, That wasn't very nice. People shouldn't use the Bible to make other people feel bad. Besides, you don't know why I feel so bad. Anybody want to roast marshmallows? Jeff asked, holding up a bag. In the confusion and laughter of everyone getting roasting forks and marshmallows, Didi leaned over to Maria. I'm sorry. It's okay, Maria said. Then she turned her back. But what's the matter? Didi insisted. Nothing, Maria muttered. Finally, she turned back around. She glanced at Dee Dee and then looked down at her shoes. I don't feel like talking about it right now. Suddenly, Sammy called out, Tell us about Bonzo, Mr. Jake. The others chimed in. Yes, yes, please, Mr. Jake, right on. Well, now, I don't suppose there'd be a better time, Jake said, so get yourself settled and don't look behind you. It was about ten years ago. I was living alone up in the woods in the teeniest cabin you can imagine. Why, that cabin was so small I could only take off one shoe at a time. It was coming on winter and getting a mite cold. I'd stacked a good pile of firewood right outside my door. One night, when my wood box was nearly empty, I opened the door and stuck my hand around to grab some wood. Jake slowly reached out his arm toward Dee Dee, then pulled it back with a jerk. What I touched wasn't hard and splintery, it was furry and warm. I slammed the door and grabbed my flashlight. I shined it out the window, but my window was small, so I couldn't see anything. I peeked out the door, then I stuck my head out. I could see something big and black on my woodpile. I couldn't see a head, only a bunch of fur. Now I had me a problem. If I pulled a stick from the woodpile, it might disturb the creature, and then maybe it would eat me. I figured it was a black bear. What else could it be? It was about as big as the biggest dog you can imagine. Bears around here are about this high, he said, holding his hand about three feet off the ground. The kids shuddered with delight. Looking at it, I decided I'd just use more blankets to keep warm that night. During the night, I heard it moving around, snuffing at my window, knocking wood off the pile. Near morning, it left. During the day, I picked up the chunks of wood it had knocked off and made a big pile of wood inside just in case it came back. That evening, sure enough, I heard something climbing onto the wood pile again. There wasn't any snow yet, but it was raining a bit, so I figured the bear liked the dry place between the wood pile and the roof overhang. Well, he come back so often, I figured we were friends, so I called him Bonzo. In the daytime, I kept a careful eye out when I was outside. You see, I didn't want old Bonzo coming up to give me a bear hug. A small bear can still have claws big enough to rearrange your face. I figured Bonzo would be hibernating soon, and then I could go outside again at night. But Bonzo kept coming, and winter kept coming, too. Something seemed kind of fishy to me. This bear should be in a den, maybe with its mama sleeping away the winter. The kids were barely breathing. So I decided to try scaring him off. That night I waited until Bonzo was sleeping. I took a chunk of wood and beat on the cabin wall. Bonzo must have thought his end had come. He jumped around so much that the whole wood pile fell over. Then he ran off into the woods. It was so dark that I still didn't get a good look at him. Well, the next day I cleaned up the mess Bonzo made and waited for him to come back. But it was three nights before he came back. I heard him sniffing around my window. I shined my flashlight through the glass. I could see a big black woolly head with a tongue a mile long hanging out of its mouth. When he saw me looking at him, he pawed at the window and let out a loud... Jenny jumped up and flung herself on Mrs. Shue. She pointed a trembling arm toward the bushes that were just dark shadows in the firelight. Mrs. Shoe pulled Jenny close, then eased her to the ground. What's wrong, Jenny? I heard it, too, Sammy said in a tense voice. Something is moving in the trees behind us. There it goes again, Chris said, trying not to sound scared. What is it, Mr. Jake? Well, now, Jake drawled, I have me a suspicion. With that, he turned toward where the sound had come, cupped his hands around his mouth and called out, Bonzo, Bonzo, are you playing games with these uns? The kids looked at Jake, then toward the sounds of crackling underbrush. Something was coming, in a hurry. The kids moved closer to each other and to the shoes. It's coming, Willie hollered. The shoebox kids screamed as a big black animal hurled itself out of the bushes. In one long leap, it hit Jake in the chest and knocked him to the ground. The story you've heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 11, Rattlesnake River Adventure, written by Sandy Zog, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.